So this this will probably be the last in the uh, myths and misconceptions. I, I I jotted down some more, and um, I have I don't know fifteen or sixteen of them. Um, we'll see if I can get through all of them. Like I said last time, uh, there are questions. I'll try to go through each one, and then we'll take questions on each one. Um, okay, so the next one that I have listed, uh, this is something that. It's not made up. Like I said, with all these, it's, it's, a good, it's a good launching pad to explain these halachas, to say what's made up or what's misunderstood. This is something I used to think was completely made up. It's not made up, but what, the way people describe it is definitely, I think, foolish. And that is, people say that for men, men should have a double head covering, okay? And they say, the yarmulke, this, I've, I've heard this from so many people, this is a double head covering. That, 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 that cannot be a thing. Now, whether the double head covering is a thing or not, I'll talk to you in one second. But this is not two coverings. This is one garment, it's one covering. If you want, if you are makbid on two coverings, this is not going to suffice. So what's the Indian? So obviously during davening, there's an Indian to wear a hat. There is a concept. I'm not going to say it's chayk v'layavr. The concept historically was it was a beged miyochad for tefillah. Meaning, there's an Indian that someone should, when they daven, should have something special for davening. You should wear... Something special for davening. Historically, three, four hundred years ago, it was hats. So, I heard from some rabbanim, especially in the war YU world, where they don't wear hats. They said, now, ties are a bag of you. Okay, fine, whatever it is. Ties, garatel, whatever it is. So if you wear a hat for davening, so the hat is a double covering. If it's not during davening, there's no makar in nigla to have a second covering on your head. Al pikabola, there's something. Alpikabala, there's some Indian Alpikabala to cover your head with a second covering throughout the day. Certain chasidim will have like one yarmulke and then a second yarmulke popping, popping up from behind. Okay, it's something Alpikabala, it's something. But this is not. This is a regular yarmulke, it's not. Uh, the second thing is, it's not. Listen, I mean, how machmer do you have to be with these things? It's always, listen, the holier you are, the better. The whole Indian of a yarmulke, it's a minig. So, the whole Indian, there's no chiv from the Gemara to wear a yarmulke on the contrary. I mean, maybe when during davening and saying brachas, that could be there's a chiv according to the Gra. Throughout the day, it's a minig. Now, it's a strong minig. It's a minig that's been neskabal amongst Klal Yisrael, and it's, and it's, and it's important, but... Uh, the double covering is definitely not al pi halacha, not a requirement. Okay. The second one is the one I probably should have said this two shiurim ago when I mentioned uh, all these, and that's the most famous one, and that's uh, tattoos, being buried in a Jewish cemetery with tattoos. That's become, even in television and movies, they talk about it. It's made up. Completely made up. Now, it stems from something, but it's, it's sheker mamish. Mamish sheker. To the point where people will listen. It's it's helpful because I know kids that would get tattoos if not for that. So I, I do like that it's productive in that regard. But it's it's completely made up because then you get asked. They say, "Oh, what about the Holocaust? Like, what are we talking about?" It's like it says in Torah. It doesn't say in the pasuk. Like like it, it, it's 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 not written anywhere. It, it, it's completely foolish. Now, where does it come from? Where it comes from is there's a sugi in Sanhedrin. I've mentioned this many times. The sugi in Sanhedrin says that they would have the four, uh, there's four misas bezdin, there are four penalties of death. Skila, Sreifa, Harag, and Chanek. And there's a machlaikis tanoim, a very famous machlaikis tanoim, which is more severe. Is Sreifa the worst or is Skila the worst? Now, you got to know which one for a couple of reasons. First of all, you can't give someone worse than what they deserve, but you also can't give them less than what they deserve. So you have to know what's the most severe. Fine. 
like let's say he's a Suffolk, right? You're not sure. You got a guy who's a Skila and Sreifa and they got mixed up and something happens. But also in Afkamina, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, they would bury people in special cemeteries. All these four had their own cemeteries. Why? Because says the Gemara, Ein kaivrin Rasha etel tzadik. We don't bury a Rasha next to a Tzadik. So these people are Rishoyim, and there's and not just a Rasha next to a Tzadik, we don't bury people that are on different religiosity levels. Now, obviously, just for the record, it's historically very difficult to know where people are. You could know if they're getting the death penalty, then they're not big Tzadikim, but... Well, yes, but the answer is still, it shows you that even though you get a kapar, he's still not a tzaddik yet, but okay, but it's interesting. So the, 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 this was a historical, you know, you had to separate. Now, by the way, just completely, so let me explain the tattoos, and then I'll just mention this because it's interesting. The, 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 the reason why they didn't bury people with tattoos in Jewish cemeteries is because who got tattoos a thousand years ago, Rishoim, it wasn't like it is now where you're in college and you just think it's cool to have a, you know, a, a dragon on your arm. They, they had tattoos because they were off the derech. People off the derech didn't get buried. It's not the set tattoo, that tattoo that stops you from being buried in a Jewish cemetery. It's the Chil Shabbos that stops you from being buried in a Jewish cemetery. But that's where it came from. But again, the concept is, in Kevin Rush, Eitzel Tzadik. But if, let's say, someone gets a tattoo and they do tshuva, could they be buried in a Jewish cemetery? Of course. Even if they don't do tshuva, so they could still be buried. Maybe they're not going to... So, now, so okay, so, so how do you practically, you know, how do you enforce this? You can only bury a tzaddik next to a tzaddik. You don't bury a Russian next to a tzaddik. You don't bury someone who's not as from, someone to closer to from. So it's actually very, very hard. That's why it, 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 it developed, I don't know if you know this, is like Hasidic plots. Like my grandfather is buried in, um, in the Vienna section. And in, like, in that section, you have to like... Like, like, you know, if you have a, a tat, like, if you have, like, a, if you went to movies, you're not, at, well, what's the shot? They're making a special section. They, they're trying to regulate it. You have to be chassidish, you have to be this. Again, it's all, you know, it's, it's all just trying to figure out something that none of us can figure out. But for the record, the Munkachareva in a tshuva, by the way, just what's the reason why we don't bury a tzaddik next to a rush and a rush next to a tzaddik? is because the, the Rishonim say either because it's a bizarre for the tzaddik to be buried next to a rasha, okay? But also, there's a deeper reason. The Maril, uh, he brings down an interesting reason. He says that in Shemayim, after you pass away, the tzaddikim are told secrets of Torah. And they won't do it if there's a Russian nearby. So it's interesting. Whatever this means, I, I don't know what all these things mean. But for the record, the Munkach Rebbe has an interesting point. In a Truva, the Minchas Aluzer, he says, you ever notice that when you go to big tzaddikim, they have these giant, you know, like Rebbe Kiva, they have these giant tombstones. It's, it's, it's a way to enforce, to make sure that no one's within Daladamas. That's the why. That's the reason. It's the simplest thing. It's just a way to enforce it without being rude. You just build something large, and you build like you know with a with a fence around with a lions, whatever like these you know like the, some of the houses here. It's a easy way to just easy way to just avoid you know it's avoid it. By the way, if you notice in the oil, if you go right outside of the oil, there's a plot of three women. Those are special, and no one's nearby. Even the Rebbe's mother's not there because those are for the, the Rebetzins of Chabad. Those are the women who were married to Rebbes. Those are the Rebetzins of Chabad. And it's a way to like sort of self-enforce it. That's why there's a, it's a very interesting thing. If you notice, when Tanoim are buried in Tiveria, there's no one buried nearby because no one's going to be next to a Tana. But there's one that's actually a very interesting thing. It's Rebbe Kiva. There's one person buried right next to Rebbe Kiva and that's the Ramchal. The Ramchal is buried right next to him. And the Ramchal lived... I mean, the Rebbe Kiva was a Tana, the Ramchal lived in the 1700s. So, like, so the story goes that, uh, that 
they, that the, the Ramchal had a tziva where he said, put my, put my body on a, a donkey, and wherever he stops, that's where you buried. So they stopped by Rav Akiva, and they tried to push, to try nothing. So they buried him, they asked the Psak, they had a Shaila, and they buried him. So it's interesting, is I think the Ramchal died at the age of 40, if I'm not mistaken. Rav Akiva became from at the age of 40, and I think the Ramchal said that he was a Gilgal of the first 40 years of Rav Akiva to be Matakinet, whatever this means. So it's, again, it's this concept. So the whole tattoos in the cemetery... It's it's not a, it's not a thing. It's it's a thing. If you're not from, they wouldn't bury you in from cemeteries. Even now, they just have a different section. It's not even not a different section. They'll put you know whatever. Each cemetery has their own guidelines and own rules. But it's not a not to be buried with a tattoo. Is it's it, it's, it's it made up. Completely awesome to get a tattoo, even a small, of course, even a tiny tattoo. Of course, but it's also no, We've no, never no, had a no, thing no, where no. if you eat chazer, you're not embarrassed. There's no, there's no heter whatsoever. Zero heter to no get a tattoo. I once gave the share and I once mentioned this, and someone came over afterwards. He says, So you're telling me I can get a tattoo? So I said, No, 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 no. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that. It's also the and it's an, and it's a, it's a bizarre to get sir, because unlike other isurim, you don't have it on your body as a, as a zecher. You know, it's a zeichel lechurban that what you, what you did, but 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 it's not. I'm saying it's not more severe than any other is. There is even, even if it's hidden. I'm saying it's zero. God sees it. It's it's k'sayvus katan alisim b'chem. It's clear as a deraisa. So the next one, it, yeah. On a cemetery, on a cemetery. Yeah. No, no, no. That's why they, they'll only. It's only if, like, if there's an intermarriage, if it's something that's glaring, then then the chaver kedusha might get involved. No, but that's why the chasidish plot. That's why they did that. It's to. But no, you're right. No, of course, because how do you enforce who's whatever? I can guarantee you, if you went over to Chaver Kedisha and you said, you know, it's a from area, and you said, well, this guy was A, B, C, and D, and he married a guy, and all this stuff, they might, they might say, oh, okay, well, then maybe we should do. But they're not, they're not that. They're, they're, it's, it's a tricky thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a, listen, it's you know, you don't have to worry too much about it, but. But that's that's the concept, yeah, yeah, that's the concept. Uh, so okay, the next two is interesting because I've been asked. I was actually asked about this recently, um, not by the Rebbe, not by the Pittsburgh Rebbe, who's a lovely, lovely person. Um, but there are other people that ask me about it. Um, the, a misconception about what the purpose of a mechitza is, um, and it's a, it's a misconception that goes to the svarim because someone asked me. You could see the women, so why is it an effective mechitza? So the truth is. I'm not going to go too long into it, but this is a very broad Shiloh. There were many, many, many Svarim. The overwhelming majority of Paiskim felt that the purpose of a Mechitza is that you don't see each other. That was the overwhelming majority. Chassam Soifer, the, the Beis HaLevi, like the overwhelming majority would not approve of this. And that's why in like Rabbi Olbam Shul and all they have curtains. The one who completely disagreed with that was Ramesha Feinstein. Ramesha Feinstein was mechadish, that the purpose of mechit is not, you don't see each other. Because he said it's, it's not, you're going to say, well, how do you daven if someone's not, he said like this, the people up there have to make sure that they're dressed properly. If they're dressed properly, then there's no problem. So, and, and that has nothing to do with davening. He said that that's, that's just a standard halacha, that you can't daven in front of someone who's not dressed properly, so hopefully they're dressed properly. But he says that's not the purpose of a mechitza. Ramesha, and I think it's, a, it's such a, I think it's such a, an amazing proof. <laughs> to be honest, the Sam Rebbe didn't like this proof because the Sam Rebbe wrote a whole sefer to disagree with Ramosha. Literally a whole sefer. Um, the the, the Makar just very... Uh, Ramosha held that the purpose of Mechit is not that you don't see each other, it's that you don't talk to each other. So Ramosha said as long as it's a balcony or it's a Mechitza that's shoulder length 
on standard height, meaning it's shoulder length, you won't comfortably speak to each other. So if you're in a shul, it's a little more modern, sometimes the mechitzas will be around, uh, he said about five feet, five, five, it's different, you, know, you have to know also how tall people are. Yeah, that's that, the Ramosha was not such a big thing, because then, yeah, so that's that's already a more of a different Shiloh that you have to figure out, but because because sometimes it's level, but it's but <laughs> at some point it's good, and then at some point it's not so good in the shul, and you have to figure. Now I'm not saying the young Israel. I'm saying I've been to shuls where, depending on where in the shul you stand, whether it's a good mechitz or not. But okay, so I guess conceptually that would be the pro- that would be the it's like a balcony. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but Ramosha was the one who's mechadish this. Ramosha was the most makel that's accepted. That he felt that the purpose of mechitz is you don't uh, is you don't talk to each other, and he has such a myriadic proof. The makar for mechitzah and shul is from the simchas beis shoev and the beis hamikdash. That the simchas beis shoev, right? What is the makar that you have to separate men and women? It's from the simchas beis shoev on sukkahs. The, the gemara in sukkah says originally that they were mingled and they built a balcony in the beis hamikdash. So you build a balcony in shul. So Ramosha, it's such a myriadic proof. The Gemara says in the first base Hamikdash, before they built a balcony, what they tried was first they had the men inside and the women in the hallway. It didn't work. Then they converted it, the women inside, then the men outside. It didn't work until they built a balcony. Says Ramosha. If the purpose is you don't see each other, then why in the world would that make a difference what room they're in if they could see each other? The doors were wide open. So you start off, oh, it's too much mingling. Okay, so men go outside. It's not working. Women go outside. Men go, if, if the problem is seeing each other, then, 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 then how foolish is that? Says Ramayusha, the purpose is not seeing. The purpose is not talking. So originally they thought if the men are inside, the women are outside, it'll work. It didn't work. So they just switched it again. They were still talking. So, okay, fine. They had to build a machitza. So they had to build a balcony. That's Ramayusha Shita. Um, Ramayusha even talks about this. I was once in a shul in, in, in LA. He says a glass machitza could conceptually work. Now, Ramayusha says he's not a fan. Because a lot of times, not everyone's dressed so properly, and then it's going to cause problems due to the laws of davening. Um, because a man is not allowed to daven in front of a woman who's not uh, who's who's not uh, who's who's uncovered parts of her body that are supposed to be covered are covered are uncovered. It's going to be a problem. So Ramayusha said a glass mechitza is a problem inside that, but conceptually, he says it'll work. I was in a shul once; they had a glass mechitza, not full glass, like a full just full glass mechitza. It was the strangest. Uh, it, it was very strange because it, it just it feels very wrong, but conceptually it, it works. Um, again, bidiyavit, it's not a great thing. Uh, for the record, also, um, if women are not uh, covering their hair, and they're supposed to be, Ramayisha, there's a sheet of the Arach HaSholchan. The Arach HaSholchan says you're allowed to daven in front of a woman who doesn't cover her hair. That doesn't mean that they're not allowed to, that doesn't mean they're allowed to not cover their hair. Those are two separate shilas. There's a, a, a biblical obligation for them to cover their hair, and there's a rabbinic prohibition of praying in front of a woman whose hair is uncovered. The Arach HaSholchan felt that nowadays, because we see women whose hair is uncovered all the time, that rabbinic prohibition no longer applies. The biblical obligation is still there. I just want to make that also clear. There's no heter in the world for a woman. The Arach HaSholchan was not makel uh, for hair coming. That's a biblical concept according to Roy Brishanim, so that's not something that you could play with. But one other thing, and this, I, to me, is not controversial at all. Uh, it might might bother some people to hear this. There, I would not daven in a shul where the mechitza is shorter than that. If Ramosha was the most makel shita, and that's to the shoulder length, if it's lower than shoulder length, I would not daven there. And even if there's no women present, the halacha is that if you have a shul where the mechitza is not kosher, 
the Chassam Soifer, and there's a letter signed by Rav Soloveitchik, and, and going back to, they have other letters going back to the Chavetz Chaim, not to daven a shul without a kosher mechitza, even though at a wedding hall you don't need a mechitza because that's not a shul, but a shul that doesn't have a kosher mechitza, you don't daven there. If it's less than that, I would not daven there, even though ten tfachim is technically a mechitza for the laws of Shabbos and for the laws of Erevin, I don't believe it's a kosher mechitza for the laws of davening. Um, and while some people quote Rav Soloveitchik, to my knowledge, he never said that. I never saw it inside. If he said it inside, I will retract it. People claim Rav Soloveitchik. I've never seen it. I didn't see it in Nefesh Arav. I didn't see it in Pnini Arav. I'm not aware of it. I could tell you, according to the overwhelming majority of opinions, the Indian is not to see them. It's definitely not good. Ramosha is the one who's Mechadish. You don't talk to them. Ramosha himself said it's not good. And Ramosha was asked by a certain Rav from Florida who sent him a letter um, uh, I'm not going to say who, but he sent him a letter saying that I think 10 Tvachim should work if it's a work for the laws of Shabbos. 10 Tvachim is a Mechitza. So for the laws of Shabbos, it makes it Rosh Hashayach. So why can't... Ramayusha was shocked and he said, absolutely not. And Ramayusha says that undoes the entire purpose and he can't dive in such a place. So I, I wouldn't... Um, I remember my elementary school, not so, I'm not going to say where it was. So when I was in elementary school, it was in the basement of a... It's not there anymore. Now they're a big building. They're very wealthy, a big building. But when I was there, I was the first class and it was in the basement of a shul. And... When I was a kid, my graduation was there. I remember the mechitza was so tall because I was very, very short. And I was a kid. And I remember I went back recently for a simcha there, a family simcha. And I was in the shul. And I remember I was with Yossi. And I turned to him. I was like, that's not as tall as I remember. It was about my waist. It was about waist high. So everyone was davening mincha. So everyone's davening mincha. So Yossi said, what do we do? So I said, I'm going to pretend to daven mincha because I'm not going to make a fight. I'm not going to make a whole thing with my family, with my cousins that, you know. So I just, I did the whole shuckle and I waited the five minutes and I took three steps back. And then during, afterwards I went outside and I davened because to me it was, it was too short and uh, it's not something I would do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what is, what is the ending then of, uh, of separate and come in as far as by, by, by some people? Have, uh, so the Indian of the Indian of separate seating is because this is actually interesting. I wrote about this. This um, the Indian of separate seating is because it's going back to the Bach. The Bach already said, right? The last bracha of Sheva brachas is you say you say by benching shasimcha b'mayinai v'shachanu mishalosh shasimcha b'mayinai that there's simcha there. The Bach said if you have a group with this mingling of men and women, you can't say shasimcha b'mayinai. So okay. So I remember I was researching that. I spoke to Rabbi Steinberg about this. Um, I could tell, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble. Whatever, I don't know who's listening to this. But I, 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 uh, when I wrote about it for my first Sefer, l- listen, I'm not saying you should have mixed seating. God forbid. It's become a thing amongst Chayisot to be machmer. Do your own thing. Don't have fights. Blah, blah, blah. But I, I think Ramosha Feinstein's kids' wedding were mixed. I can tell you that for sure. I know people that were at the wedding. Um, so I wanted to write that. So I wrote originally that the weddings of Ramosha's children... So the editor, I had a, the one who edited my Svarim when I was much younger for grammar. It was more for grammar, but he was an old Chabad Yid who only spoke Yiddish. So he, I, he made a lot of comments. <laughs> so one of his comments was he, like, <laughs> a big X over that. So I decided, I don't know what to do. Because, again, you know, you have to understand from his perspective, uh, you know. Um, so I, I didn't know what to do because... So basically, so what's the heter if the Bach says not to? So one of the heterim is, nowadays, it's one of those things where nowadays, unfortunately, we're so, we're so used to mingling that it's, it's, not, um, it's not what it used to be. It's not like Ma'ur Taiva like it used to be because, you know, it's one of those where it's, 
The floodgates have already opened, which is a very dangerous thing, but it's going to the Lavush. The Lavush wrote such a hetter. The Lavush, and Roshlam is Amun as a tshuva. We know that it's brought down to Shulchan Aruch, you're not supposed to walk behind a woman because it's not so appropriate. So Roshlam is Amun says, but nowadays the whole thing is there's women everywhere. Everyone's walking, everybody. It's, it's, you know, whatever. You have to know exactly how to apply that. But the Lavush said such a thing that have a mingling is not like it used to be. You could say such a thing. Fine. So you have to know. So I asked Rabbi Steinberg, what, what should I write? I was printing a safer. So he said, don't write Ramosha. He said, he said, say G'dayle Lita, because he said it was other G'daylem that also had mixed sitting. It wasn't just Ramayish, that's what he said. He said, whatever, he had listed other G'daylem. So that, that's what that, but that's a separate, um, um, that's a separate, it, it, it's a shayla of whether you could compare it to Shul or not. Oh, because what ends up happening is that it's, it's, sometimes you go to a mixed to a, to a mix sitting affair, yeah. they'll have separate, a separate uh, dancing. Well, you have to have separate dancing. That the Lebanish Chai writes in a sefer that a man is not allowed to watch women dance. So that's Lekuli Amal Chaldeis. You need a mechitza for dancing. That's that's Lekuli Amal Chaldeis. Um, obviously, can't dance together. That's a tougher portion. But even to, for the men to see the women is definitely not allowed. So even if there's separate seating, uh, mixed seating, the second the dancing starts, you gotta you gotta exercise. So uh, just to run through some other things. Um, okay, uh, hold on one second. Uh, before I get to these, let me mention two of them that. I think are made up, I, not just made up, I, I, they could be not good. Um, okay, so there's a very strange tshuva from the Debetzin Rav. Now the Debetzin Rav was a Rav in Brooklyn, he was Moshe Stern, he was a Yosher, Hasidish Apoisik. He has two very strange tshuvas. It's in Chelech Ches, I think it's, I don't know, Simon Lamed Vav or Lamed Zion. Lamed Ches, actually, Lamed Ches. Where he, he was asked about the following two things, if there's a Makar. So the first one is not walking over people. If you walk over people, they'll get short. You have to walk back. So he says, yes. He says he remembers when he was a kid, there was such a thing. Okay. There's no Makar for it, but he says he remembers such a thing. And the other one is the red string. He says he also remembers such a thing that they would put it around kids. around. Okay. Now, he says there's no Makar, but he says this falls under the category of the Rajbah. It's also a very strange thing, and you have to know where to apply it. The Rajba said that if there's something that has no makar, but a lot of people from Kal Yisrael are careful about it, I think he describes older women who, uh, who aren't educated, but they're makbid about this, mm. you should also be makbid. Okay. I gotta tell you, I, I, would, I would be very cautious with these two specifically, to be honest with you. There's no makar. And so you say, oh, there's no makar. What's the big deal? You're getting very close to which means you shall not be superstitious, which is an isa You have to know exactly how to apply it. Not stepping over someone and then you think that if you did, they're going to come short. Yeah. To me, is either it's either an isa or it's darki amari. Darki amari is also, darki amari means that you're not allowed to do goyisha things that stem from one of three things. Avodazara, anything to do with promiscuity, or anything that has no reason. There's no reason, right? There's a big shayla for tomorrow night. Is tomorrow night Thanksgiving? Was it Thursday night? What day is it today? Tuesday. Tuesday. So Thursday is Thanksgiving, right? So there's always, every year there's a big shayla of, is it also to, do, to celebrate Thanksgiving? Is it not also? Soloveitchik famously would go to Boston. He would always go up to Boston to have Thanksgiving dinner with his family. So the, the, the shayla is, well, what's the iser? So you're having a meal. So what? It's not religious. Pashas is not religious. I don't care. Maybe stand to It's not a religious holiday. It's a football holiday, right? So it's not religious. It's not promiscuity. 
What's the answer? The only categories, the, the Ramah says there's three categories for Darki Amari, for doing things that you don't do with the, the ways of the Goyim. Chukasakim, Darki Amari, there's three categories. One is obviously Kishof stuff, you can't do Kishof stuff, you can't do superstitious, but one is Avodazara, promiscuity, which it's not. The last one from the Marik is something that has no reason. Because if you do something that has no reason, it probably has to do with Kishof and all the things. So if, if the Goyim just decide that we're going to do A, we're going to put, uh, uh, put tin hats on our head, have no reason, you can't do such a thing. So the argument would be a day to give thanks. It make, it's not. It's not no reason. It's al It's such a concept. It's not. It's not about. So the, 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 that would be the argument. Or is it no reason to get together and have a day of thanksgiving? Whatever you have to. You have to argue. I gotta tell you, walking over people, I think is superstitious. I, I think it's mamish, mamish. I, I wouldn't. I, and the red string. I, I know a lot of people here. I'm sure people in the shul do the red string. I'd be very cautious, because I'll tell you, there's no makar for it, and not just there's no makar, there's a tesefta that says, that lists kishof actions that had to do with witchcraft, and one of them was they would wrap a red string around the finger. So I don't know the source of it, I'd be very cautious. I don't know what it has to do with Rachel Imenu. I think the only heter would be that because it became connected to Rachel Imenu, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure how, now it's like, now it's like, Oh, it's Ayn Hara also. It's, uh, everything's Ayn I don't, I don't know. I don't know what... I don't, I'll be honest with you. I'm not into this stuff. I, 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 I mean it. It, it could be... It could be very close to Isurim. Yeah, they sell the stuff, sure. Yeah. I, then again, I've never seen a Chaim Kriyavsky sell it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll give you stuff, sure. I, 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 but I'm not sure what the Makar, and because there's no Makar, and there are other religions that do miss around with this stuff, I'd be very cautious with the red string. That, 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 would, that would make me very, very nervous. I'll tell you something. Uh, Yaga Benzener was my one. He listed a couple to me, and I was shocked when he told me this. And I looked into it, and he's spot on. So, okay, so he told me one that he said he couldn't find the Makar, so he wanted to know if I could research it for this. And so I, I looked it up, and that is... Oh, that's a different version. So, here. Oh, it's over here. It's this one. So, here. And that is the end of Shiva. The Makar of walking around the block... So he's like, there's no makar for it. Now everybody, like, I mean, Baruch Hashem, I've never done it. I've walked my ma. I've, I've, I've been. Everybody walks around the block. So I looked at the Netag Avril. Now let me read you what he says. Some block, some walk around the block. They go around the block once at the end of Shiva to officially mark the end of Shiva. So he brings down. Um, the Sefer Darki Chesed says, I looked into the Makar, couldn't find it. This is interesting. He brings down, the Neta Gavriel is of Gavriel Zinner. He's a very, very, very big Paisik, a huge Tamil Chacham. He's, was he, is he Satmer Ger Chesed? I know he's connected to Chabad, but he's actual Chabad. No. He's not Chabad, but he had a very close relationship with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So a lot of personal things from Chabad, he, he knew because he had a relationship and he's a photographic memory. And if you need a Makar, He'll bring it. If he can't find the makar, it's probably no makar. So he says, After he lost his mother, he went around the Matsim Kippur, he walked around the block. After he lost, the Rebbe lost his mother. 
but when the Rebbe lost his wife, which was, I think, 10 years later, when the Rebbe's wife passed away, the Rebbe looked into it, he couldn't find the Makar, so he didn't do it. So the Rebbe did it for his mother's Petira, he walked around the block, but not for his wife, because he said he looked into it, he couldn't find the Makar. I, 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 this, was, this was a shocker to me, because I'll be honest with you, I don't know anyone who doesn't do it. I'm not going to say it's also, I'm, I get it, the concept is, you want to officially mark the end of Shiva, but I don't think it's a Makar. So, take that, or, uh, there's, there's no Makar for it, and the, and the Rebbe didn't do it when he lost his wife. So that's, to me, a little bit significant, which is interesting. Um, a couple more, we'll run through a couple more. Yeah, Minna Chabad is still still... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Probably, yeah, yeah, because yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody does it. This was this was this was shocking to me. Correct. Yeah, this this was this. I gotta tell you, this this uh, this as the as the high school said, I was shook after this. Like this this this, this I, I was shocked by this. Anyway, a couple more. Uh, this uh, someone asked me about. Um, is there an issue with um, not going to a kever if you haven't been there for ten years? So this, this, okay, so this, this, someone asked me, is it a thing, is it not a thing? So the truth is like this. I mean, it's local? No, no, just in general. If you haven't been to a kever for 10 years, he heard that you're not supposed to go. What happens if it's overseas? Uh, yeah, probably is overseas. It's probably... No, you weren't there. Correct, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's when, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming if they're in Queens, you probably should go. But if, yeah, my grandfather, my grandfather, because there were 10 years, close to 10 years where we weren't able to get there to Israel. You couldn't afford it. So yeah, So that, is there a thing? So you'd be like, why? So Natha Gavriel discusses it in Chelek Bey's. So he brings down, I, I knew this Makaris, but he brings down, it's a Belzer Minig. It comes from the second Belzer Rebbe. The second Belzer Rebbe did not go to his grandfather's kever because he hadn't been there for 10 years. He didn't go. Um, and he also brings down that not only is it Bells, um, and the Revaran of Bells also, uh, was Makbid not to if you haven't been there for 10 years? Uh, Kapishnitzer Rebbe was Makbid, the Pupa Dayan. That what? Really? Yeah. You sure? Pretty sure. I gotta check this up because I'm, I'm not aware of a Makar from a Gemara. I think we discussed it, but it's from the Gemara Mafurish. You could please check me up. Check it out because he, he's. Yeah, I think it was based on the Gemara perhaps. Now, what would the reason be? The only reason, because like, what's the problem? The reason it seems from reading these sources conceptually is that the nifter is upset. They haven't been there for ten years, so they're like, "I don't need you now," which is, which is, it's cute, I, whatever. It's like it's it's a little bit, um, um, it's a little salty. But now, for the record, uh, the, he brings down over here like this. First of all, if they're a tzaddik, you definitely can go. But, but I like this. I'll be honest with you. The overwhelming majority of shita say that it's fine. Um, and especially if it's an Aynas. And he has a, a great ha'ara, a proof for it. Um, one of the makaris of going to a kever, like the, one of the earliest makaris of going to a kever is from Kalev. Kalev, when he entered Hebron, went to the Mara Samachpeila. Uh, he hadn't been there for 10 years. He had, had never been there. No one had been there for 10 years because they had been in Egypt. So... They, so it's clearly not such a big deal. I'm not going to say it's a big deal. I'll be honest with you. I, I would go. I, I, it's not something I'd be mocked in. I'm not going to say it's made up. It's uh, Belzer Shita. But there's no Makar from Rishonim or Gemara, to my knowledge. You let me know. And I'll, I'll amend it if I'm wrong. 
yeah, I think we spoke about something about there's no real makar for it. But again, if, if someone's makbid, I get where they're coming from. One other thing is actually a thing. I have five minutes if that's all right. One other thing is a thing, uh, is not to go to a cover twice in one day. That's actually a thing. Um, that, that, okay, so where does that come from? That's brought down in Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch. Um, it actually comes up sometimes because you like go to the, I'll, sometimes I'll go to the oil. First of all, sometimes I'll go to the oil and I want to go get my father who's still there. I won't go back to get him because I, you, you can only go back a second time if you have more reasons to daven. But if you're just going a second time but you don't have anything new, I would not go twice. Where does it come from? So this is a large, broader Shiloh that maybe we could talk about at a later date. And that's called Savas Rav Yudha Chassid. Savas Rav Yudha Chassid is Rav Yudha Chassid, one of the Rishayinim, wrote a last will and testament. In that last will, he has about I was like 190 is different, is different uh, versions, 90, 190, whatever it is. He had a lot of things that he was particular, particular about. They're all based on Kabbalah. It's hard to know what they're based on. It's hard to know what they're about. Some of them I could tell you you've heard of. Some of them you have not heard of. This is one of them. Uh, not getting your hair cut or cutting your nails on Rosh Chodesh is another one. Not marrying a girl who has the same name as your mother. Not marrying a guy who has the same name as your father. Not uh, uh, not closing windows off if you've done construction. Because if there were windows, you can't seal a window. Because then the shadim usually exit the window. And if you seal it up, that's why they'll put a little pipe. And they'll put a little uh, you know paint on either side. So it's technically still open. This is all Tzavah I gotta tell you, I, I, the basic mahalach from the Paisingim with Savas Yavid Chassid is like this. It's not so Pashit. The Naidim Yehuda felt that Savas Yavid Chassid is not meant for the masses. It was meant for his family. Because one of the Savas Yavid Chassid is that two brothers shouldn't marry two sisters, which the Gemara specifically says you're allowed to. One of his Savas is that an uncle shouldn't marry a niece, which the Gemara said was a mitzvah. So the Naidim Yehuda, after bothered by all these kashas, says it must be this is a personal Tzava for his family. I'll prove it to you. One of the Tzava is. Don't name your kids Yehuda or Shmuel. Everybody's named Yehuda or Shmuel. Why? Because his name was Yehuda ben Shmuel. He was telling his family, don't name after me, for whatever reason. So now Yehuda felt that it's not meant for the masses. Others were, felt that it is meant for the masses. So how do we hold? Usually the basic Mahalach is, if it bothers you, don't do it. If it doesn't bother you, it's fine. That, that would also, the, not going two days, twice in one day, to a cover, that's, that's, that's Taka brought down. Okay, uh, a couple, I'm just going to quickly knock off in three minutes. I'm just going to run through the rest, and then probably next week I'll have to go back to like regular halachic shilas. I don't have any more miss anymore. Please send them to me. I've been getting a lot. I've been getting like random emails, which is nice. But uh, I think I'm going to have to go back to like regular shilas printing out like sources. But um, okay, shlisel chala, there's a makar. I'm going to stop right there. Shlisel chala is the Abdurov said to do it. It's not kishif, it's not witchcraft. The Aptarov, the Oyev Yisrael said it's a thing. Once the Oyev Yisrael said it's a thing, you definitely can do it. I will say this, it's not a Deraisa, it's not a Derabonon. If you forgot to make Shlis it's fine. The whole purpose of Shlis is really to marry you to Davin. It's not that the Chala itself is a key for Parnasa, it's to Davin. But I'm not going to say it's like, you'll have some YU guys, I don't mean that negative, it's just the guys happens, that I've interacted with happen to have gone to YU, and they're just like, yeah, I'm not, like, he's like, could I eat the challah at someone's house? Like, okay, like, like, you know, that's the point of this. You got to just like settle, understand where it's coming from. It's not us, sir. If the Oyvi Sarl of, of Aptarov said to do it, it's I'm sure it's fine. That's a Makar in and of itself. Um, this is interesting. He also, Bezner made another point, phenomenal point. There's a school of, I couldn't find the makar. I, it's a thing. I'm not going to say it's not a thing. And that's a kvater and a kvaterin, right? The kvater and the kvaterin are the people that bring in the baby. So it's supposed to be a couple, right? The, the reason why it was a couple historically, just by the way, is very simple. 
The baby starts off in the women's section with the mom. It ends in the men's section with the man. You're passing it along. It makes more sense that it would be a couple because if it's not a couple, you're not going to have men and women passing things to each other in a shul. Okay. Now, but it evolved that it's usually a childless couple and it's a schoola for them to have a child. I, I, I couldn't find the makar. I'm not, not, I know it's a thing. I know it became a thing. It, perhaps the schoola is they'll feel sad that they want kids and they'll daven. It's like an aggressively sad schoola, but maybe that's what it is. I can't imagine there's a schoola of carrying the baby. Maybe. Maybe that opens up Shefa and Bracha and Rachamim. Or just perhaps Dam. It's just the, 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 it's Ma'ir it's Yudah Davin. And it's the davening. It's davening that's that's my, I'm not aware of a school, but it's a thing. I'm not gonna say it's not a thing. It's definitely a thing. Unfortunately, if anyone is a couple that it's a thing. But I, I'm not I, I couldn't find them a car. Yeah. What about being a sandic So that's a thing. That's 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 legitimate. That's from the Ramah. The Ramah says you should not be a sandic for more than two boys, because a sandic, the Gemara says, is two boys. two boys in one family. Meaning you shouldn't be the sandic for two. No, so the Ramah says once per family. The Gros says, really, it should be once in your lifetime. Really? Because um, the Mekar is, the, the, the Rishonim de, de compare the Sandik, the Medrash really compares the Sandik to the Katiris, to the Kayan bringing the incense. The Gemara says that the Kayan who brought the incense, it was a schoola for Parnasa to do the incense, and that's why they would have a rotation. You didn't get to do the incense more than once. So says the Ramah, you shouldn't uh, do the Sandik more than once. So the Grah didn't like it, because the Grah said, then why is it Dafka two boys? You should never be able to do it more than once ever. Also, the Grah said, I've been a Sandik many times, he said, I'm not wealthy. So I don't, I don't know, I say, he said, I, I don't know where the school of Ashiris comes from. That's why the, 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 the Grah says the issue of not doing it two for one family is not based on the Sandik thing like the other Rishonim. He says, it's just a Tzavas Ravid It's just the will of Ravid HaChasid. But that, that, is, that is a Makar. One last one, and we'll end with this. Yeah, one last one is uh, throwing bread during Tashlich. It's not a thing. It's definitely not a part of Tashlich. And on the contrary, it's, it's usur on Yomtif because the halacha is you're not allowed to feed animals on Yomtif that are not your animals because it's considered tircha. It's considered unnecessary exertion, even though it's not, it's not a big deal. But feeding animals is exerting. And Chazal Asr feeding animals, unless it's your animal, because then you're responsible for it. Feeding a stray bird or a stray fish is Asr on Yom Tov. So the people that, and besides for the, so, so, so the whole Tashlich issue, it's like people, it became like, the you have to bring bread to feed the birds or the fish. I don't know what to feed the fish, probably. No, that's, first of all, it's not part of Tashlich. The Avayda is to conceptually throw the sins into the water. You're not actually throwing, the bread is not the sins. And also, it's also on Yom Tif, like you said, because, so I know people that only go during the week. So okay, that, 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 that's not a thing either, but that's, uh, that's a, a side one. Shabbos Shira, yeah, so Shabbos Shira, Pashas, it's an issue also. I saw, I think I saw the Magad Avram is Melamed Schus on Klal Yisrael that feeds it b- because, because while it is Aser, it's a schar for the birds, not, uh, not, uh, was it not chirping, the birds not chirping. So, I, but you're right, conceptually, feed it, you should feed it on Friday. No, you should, you should do it on Friday. Yeah, you should do it on Friday, yeah. Uh, yeah? Is it a myth? No, so that's from the Zoyer. The Zoyer, it's actually funny. I, I actually, <laughs> I, um, I had a website. I still do. It's called Halacha Blog. It just had Halacha stuff on it. And 
I got this nasty email from a guy, like a guy in the neighborhood, which is funny. It's like I, I, I see him. Like I'm not sure why he was, because like, I guess he didn't know who I was. Like real ripping me to shreds, saying that he's a yeshiva guy. That this is the problem with halacha. Yeah, you know, because I wrote about um, not uh, going to the cemetery before inviting inviting the niftarim. And by the way, I spoke to Rabbi Olbaum about it. I have a tshuva, I have a handwritten tshuva from Rabbi Olbaum about the source of inviting the relatives. So there was an Indian. Yeah, the, the Makar is from the Zayar. The Zayar seems to indicate that you should invite the parents. That's Kivra Ve'em. You should inform the parents of the Chasana. How far back to go? Grandparents is, uh, Ashes is not really Makar. By the way, you should know the Indian, for the record. Um, I don't know who, anyone who's ever been to a Chabad wedding knows that the Chasan, by the Chasan's tish, says a Maimer. Okay, so if you've ever seen it, it's an interesting thing. He just says, like, just, he sang a mimer. What's the Indian for that? The mimer that they say is a mimer that is Torah comprised of every single Rebbe uh, that had, that, that's ever lived. I think the new one has the previous, has the, 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 the Mechamendel also, that they added to it. Because obviously when he was alive, they had up to the Friedrich Rebbe and they added one. What's the Indian for that? So the Rebbe told people that he said that at your wedding, Three generations come back. Three diaries come back. Your parents, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents come to the chasana. And so it's nice to invite them. Oh, it's covered. But they come back. And he says, if you want previous diaries to come back, you have to invite them. The way you invite a nasi of Chabad is by saying over his Torah. That's what he said. And just, I'll end with this. There's a Misa, there's a, so I, when I wrote the Sefer on Weddings, what I did is, I, I, and whenever a book came out on weddings, the Sefer came out, I'd buy it, and I would add in. So I, when the Belzer Rebbe's grandchild got married, the first Rebbe's, the first grandchild of the Rebbe got married about eight years ago, seven years ago, they came out with a Sefer of just Shittas of Bells by Chasanas. So obviously I bought it then. So there's one thing, I only remember one thing from the entire save. Well, two things. First of all, bells, they, they never get married because there's like a 95 days a year that they hold that they are not get married. It's like a crazy amount of days that they, they, they don't get married on, on the end of the month, they don't get married on Tuesday. Like it's a crazy fright, a whole thing. But there was one Misa that I thought was interesting uh, corresponding to this. Um, and that is that um, Rav Aaron of Bells, who was like, like a mamish, a maloch, Rav Aaron was at a wedding. And he was reading the Ksuva under the Chuppah. And he read the Chassan's name and had one name. And he, t- he stops and he turns to the Chassan and he says, oh, it's missing a name. So, so, so they're like, well, no. So he says, it's missing a name. So under the Chuppah. So, the, so they, 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 they call the Chassan over, they talk to the parents. And they realize that he actually had a name uh, when he was younger that, that sort of forgot whatever it is. So they, they, so they after they asked Ravarin. So he said, "You should know, three diaries come to your wedding. Normally, they go in age order. Parents and standing. The 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 souls are standing. Parents, grandparents, great grandparents." He said, "But if you named after someone, they go to the front." He said, "I saw two people. I didn't see one. That's what he said. So I knew there was a second name." Okay, well, okay, we'll end with that.